The Bible Study Podcast, episode 589. Today, the Bible Study Podcast concludes the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Kings 25. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. This is your host, Chris Christensen, and I thought we would never get here. And of course, if you were in Judah, you probably also thought they would never get to a rather bad conclusion that happens today, because even though God had been sending prophets for year after year after year, they weren't listening. And it goes like this, Second Kings 25. So in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, on the tenth day of the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched against Jerusalem with his whole army. He camped outside the city and built siege walls all around it. The city was kept under siege until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city had become so severe that there was no food for the people to eat. Then the city wall was broken through, and the whole army fled at night through the gate between the two walls near the king's garden, though the Babylonians were surrounding the city. They fled toward Arabah, but the Babylonian army pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his soldiers were separated from him and scattered, and he was captured. He was taken to the king of Babylon at Riblah, where sentence was pronounced on him. They killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. Then they put out his eyes, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. On the seventh day of the fifth month, in the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard and official of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He set fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burned down. The whole Babylonian army, under the commander of the imperial guard, broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guard, carried into exile the people who remained in the city, along with the rest of the populace and those who had deserted to the king of Babylon. But the commander left behind some of the poorest people of the land to work the vineyards and fields. The Babylonians broke up the bronze pillars, the movable stands, and the bronze sea that were at the temple of the Lord, and they carried the bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, shovels, wick trimmers, dishes, and all the bronze articles used in the temple service. The commander of the imperial guard took away the censers and sprinkling bowls, all that were made of pure gold or silver. The bronze between the two pillars, the sea and the movable stands, which Solomon had made for the temple of the Lord, was more than could be weighed. Each pillar was 18 cubits high. The bronze capital on top of one pillar was three cubits high and was decorated with a network of pomegranates of bronze all around. The other pillar with its network was similar. The commander of the guard took as prisoners Sariah the chief priest, Zephaniah the priest next in rank, and the three doorkeepers. Of those still in the city, he took the officer in charge of the fighting men and five royal advisors. He also took the secretary who was chief officer in charge of conscripting the people of the land and 60 of the conscripts who were found in the city. Nebuzaradan, the commander, took them all and bound them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. There at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, the king had them executed. So Judah went into captivity away from her land. 
Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, to be over the people he had left behind in Judah. When all the army officers and their men heard the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah as governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, Jonathan, son of Kareah, Sariah, son of Tahometh, the Netophathite, Jaazaniah, the son of the Maakathite, and their men. Gedaliah took an oath to reassure them and their men. Do not be afraid of the Babylonian officials, he said. Settle down in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well with you. In the seventh month, however, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, son of Elishama, who was of royal blood, came with ten men and assassinated Gedaliah and also the men of Judah and the Babylonians who were with him at Mizpah. At this, all the people from the least to the greatest, together with the army officers, fled to Egypt for fear of the Babylonians. And so it's done. We have begun the period of the Babylonian captivity. And again, this should not have come as a surprise. Even Zedekiah was told very specifically, if you want to know for sure, spend some time in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, who is a contemporary at this time. Jeremiah 34, for instance, he has a warning specifically for Zedekiah. This is what the Lord says, I'm about to give the city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape from his grasp, but will surely be captured and given into his hands. You will see the king of Babylon with your own eyes, and he will speak with you face to face, and you will go to Babylon." So there are all sorts of very specific warnings that were given to various kings, especially at this point. It's wrapping up. And then there's also charges that God brings against the people through the prophets. But, and I want to end this way, he also gives some hope. The prophet Jeremiah says that this exile is temporary, that God will bring them back. And so when they go off here, This is a temporary thing, and there's a promise of restoration. And I want to jump back here to the the chapter before Jeremiah 33. You say about this place, it is a desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, his love endures for forever. So in the midst of all of these messages they were getting, they were told this time was coming and they were going to have to go through this dark time of captivity. And it has started. And it has started in a big way. The temple is burned down. The wall is pulled down. And so when we jump back to the story, after we spend some time in the Gospel of Mark, about four months, we'll go to the Gospel of Mark, and then we'll come back to Ezra and Nehemiah and basically get the story of the rebuilding of the wall. So we're going to spend some time away just as the people of Israel did. But before we do, there's one last section here. Jehoachin, and I've been pronouncing the second to the last king of Judah as Jehoachin. It's probably really Jehoachin, but I can't really say that. Jehoachin released in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoachin, king of Judah, in the year 
Awel Marduk became king of Babylon. He released Jehoiachin, king of Judah, from prison. He did this on the 27th day of the 12th month. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiachin put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. Day by day, the king gave Jehoiachin a regular allowance as long as he lived. Now, good news for him, he gets to spend the rest of his life sort of in freedom. He is a guest at the royal palace, and I don't know if you noticed that there are other kings there as well. This is the rise of Babylon that becomes, for a brief time, a superpower in the region, but only for a brief time. If you want to read more about that story, I suggest you spend some time in the book of Daniel. Daniel will start in the time of the exile and will cover the fall of Babylon as Babylon gets taken over by the Medes and the Persians. And it's after they take over that Israel, Judah, is allowed to come back. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast and this study of the kings of Israel and Judah. What have we learned? One of the things we've learned is good leadership is very important. And even the mistakes of one leader can follow down for generations. And that's what we saw with some of the mistakes that Solomon made and some of the mistakes that his son made and that his son's replacement made. So be careful when you pick your leaders. And thanks so much for listening. God kept calling my heart. Like, I just knew he was my safe place. I hope people don't walk away going, wow, you're really awesome. More than like, wow, Jesus is really interesting. And he's really awesome. Everybody on this planet is dealing with some sort of what if. How does that one courageous decision affect the whole world? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. If you were encouraged by what you just heard, please search Trevor Talks on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com.